Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag millennial and hashtag leadership. Today's topic is the millennial enterprise leader. And we have Jennifer Greenman, who's the vice president and chief information officer with Moffitt Cancer Center. Hello, Jennifer. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity to attend your show today. Oh, great. And, and it would be it is a privilege to have someone like you who's at the cusp of Gen X and Millennial, as we were talking before we got started, to have someone like you to join us and share your views on what does it take to become a Millennial Enterprise Leader. And to just set the stage, we know that Millennials have been the fastest growing segment of the workforce. And they've also proven their mettle as individual contributors as well as managers. So, now the next step is for us to start seeing that are we going to pave the way for them to become the leaders and if yes how and what are they supposed to be doing as a generation as individuals to step up to the plate and take that role so that said the first uh question for you jennifer is we know they have that the millennials have really proven themselves they have different ways of doing things but that doesn't mean they haven't delivered now they are supposed to be getting to the next level. Are they ready? Are they at a point where they are even thinking that they have to assume the other role of a leader? So um, in my, I guess in my own personal and professional experience, you know, the, the answer to your question as to whether they're ready is a confident yes. Um, you know, this position, in my opinion, is well well positioned, or excuse me, this generation is well positioned for success. Given the environment that they were educated and trained in, this is a generation that was raised to be comfortable with, with tools and processes that are, you know, inherently very collaborative and very engaging. So I think the keys to their success in the future uh, will be the ability to adapt their leadership style to a broad spectrum of, you know, personalities, backgrounds and motivations that they will be both leading and interacting with at an organizational level. You know, one example I can that comes to mind is, um, you know, as it relates to communications, that's something that's, you know, obviously an essential success factor for, for any leader. Um, and when you look at the, the preferences across, um, you know, your, your workforce, as my workforce today, you know, there are some employees who prefer all of their communications, whether they be synchronous or asynchronous-based communications, to be electronic and, and really you know, for the most part, don't necessarily want to have, you know, one-on-one interactions on a very frequent basis. Other employees, um, you know, would be comfortable, would be very uncomfortable if certain discussions were not handled directly and in person. So I think, you know, for a millennial leader, it's going to be essential that they be able to adapt their approach and understand what the preferences are of their workforce and be able to adapt their approach, um, you know, accordingly. Um, having been raised with email and instant messaging and social media, you know, millennials may be inclined toward electronic communications, but really do need to be sensitive and adaptive to the preferences of others, as well as very effective at both preparing and delivering um, in-person communications when appropriate. So based on your response, you've given a response which says a should have or should do this. And, you know, that's something which we start doing to anyone they, they kind of cease to blossom. So is this coming from inside out or are we trying to set expectations for them which is going against their DNA? And when we do that, then we kind of demote them from a person who has potential to become a leader to become a manager. So I think that I think it's going to be essential for for them to, for a millennial leader to be successful. I think it will be essential for them to be able to ad- adapt to the needs of of the workforce they're leading and the institution that they are a part of. Now they they absolutely will have an integral role in evolving the culture um, that exists within that institution, but it, it's going to be essential that they also be able to be flexible and work with. Um, Again, the, the the individuals throughout their um, 
organization um, to be able to, you know, advance um, and enable their success. So if you were to validate for us, so when, when I personally talk to millennials and as I at least hear, and I'm not going to generalize it, there are people of all different personalities. They are looking at things which is more inside out versus a leader is supposed to be someone who is looking at outside in and, and is always to be not not servant leader all the time, but someone who understands more other people versus seeking to be understood. Would you think that can be fundamentally removed for them to, you know, it's almost like shedding a skin for you to grow a new one? Because that's, that's the DNA. Well, that, that is true. I mean, I, I think that, again, in order to be successful, they, they, that any leader, whether they be millennial, Gen X, baby boomer, is going to have to be um, it, be able to take the perspective and be very, you know, externally focused to understand what the, you know, the external business environment and the factors that are, are changing the business or the industry that they're a part of, um, but also be able to have an appreciation for and evolve with um, the trends that are shaping both their business as well as their internal workplace dynamics. Um, so again, I think I would go back to it. I think that that skill that you describe is a very necessary and essential skill for any leader, and certainly, you know, for millennials to be successful is something that they will have to adopt and embrace. So when we say the word again, have to, and which is understood, and they will see that either they do it or they would uh, lead a life, but not the life that they wanted. With with that said. Many times people kind of struggle. And if that is a struggle, if you were to come in as their mentor or someone who's going to groom a millennial enterprise leader, what would be your advice to them? Um, so I think, you know, to, kind of as we discussed before, the characteristics of successful millennial leaders in today's workplace are not very different from those, in my opinion, of other generations. So, you know, being very action-oriented, adaptive, as, we, as we've discussed, um, you know, the ability to build effective teams and also to define and execute on a vision. Those are all essential uh, success factors. Um, I think millennials do have an advantage in these traits, again, because their education and their early professional experience has been very much tailored to these, you know, modern business imperatives. Um, the disadvantage, um, of course, that millennials face is a lack of real or perceived experience, um, especially the type of experience that more senior leaders may consider important when it comes to things like hiring and promotions. Um, this is especially true uh, in an industry like our own, information technology, where you know longevity of experience and connections are often valued uh, over education. So how can millennials overcome this? Um, a few pieces of advice I would suggest um, would be, you know, first and foremost to seek rich opportunities to distinguish themselves early in their role. Uh, for example, by participating on multidisciplinary teams or projects or, you know, requesting additional responsibilities, particularly those that will provide, you know, visibility at the, at the executive level. Th those are really great opportunities um, to define themselves and, and position themselves as leaders um, in the uh, in the face of the organization, um, I would say. Second, and this is probably more of my own personal um, uh, advice, but I think it's an important one: is to always be prepared when given leadership exposure. So always have, you know, well thought out, well developed presentations. You know. Uh, consider in advance what questions, what concerns may be raised, and and, and be prepared to address those. Um, third, I would say to constantly seek professional development and educational opportunities. So, you know, not just conferences and training, but the wealth of articles, web presentations and content, um, networking events that exist today, particularly within the information technology industry. And then... Um, Last, uh, but certainly not least, cultivate a formal or informal mentor relationship. Um, in my own experience, my own career progression has been entirely supported by leaders who really helped me advance through effective coaching and uh, 
giving me promotional opportunities, you know, that maybe I wasn't entirely ready for, but I really, they were wonderful opportunities and gave me a chance to evolve my own career in a very rapid way. So if you were to compare a boot camp created for others versus millennials, would you see a distinctive, um, you know, characteristic of a boot camp which is specifically created for millennials? Because all the, all the things that you suggested they should do, they are the right suggestions. Would, would, would something change in the implementation because you're telling them to do exactly the same thing which we heard when we were growing up and we were supposed to become leaders? Um, I think the nature of some of those strategies may be um, somewhat adapted for a millennial. Um, you know, again, when you look at, for example, professional development um, opportunities that exist, um, almost all the the uh, all things that I do personally, and I'm sure many of my colleagues, many of my you know team members do today, are, are online based, very interactive, very engaging. You know, I'm not necessarily one who would want to go sit for two days in a meeting, but I will very actively participate in online uh, forums, online, you know, um, uh, presentations, anything that will, you know, basically let me sort of drive the timing and structure and delivery um, of the information that, you know, that I'm receiving to advance my own knowledge. So I think, I think, that the overall, to your point, the overall strategies are probably very similar, but I think the nature of how they're delivered, how we interact with them, is going to be a, is going to be a little different um, for today's workplace, and particularly for millennials. So, if you were to look at the tendencies, would you, and please confirm this for me, is is there more autonomy expected and requested out of any environment that a millennial would work in? More economy requested. No, no, autonomy, autonomy. Autonomy. I'm sorry, um, autonomy. Uh, I think the answer. I think that the, from the millennials' perspective, the answer is is yes, um, or at least generally, it's going to be yes. I, I shouldn't say that's true 100% of the time, but you know, I think that um, you know, millennials often do feel very empowered. You know, they have you know throughout their lives been empowered and involved in decision making, whether that be, you know, at the family level growing up or in their education. And so I think that there is a strong desire and a very um, worthy desire, you know, to be empowered and engaged in um, decision making, but also be given a fair amount of independence and autonomy, as you say, um, to execute on the direction of the organization. So I think that that is, a, I think that is absolutely something that, that we as enterprise leaders um, need to be sensitive to, you know, to avoid micromanagement, to avoid, uh, to really, you know, avoid any um, sense or any instilling any sense of um, anything that would undermine a millennial leader or staff member's um, feeling that they are empowered um, to, to execute, to drive success within their areas of responsibility. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, and let's look at this thought about if you, want, if you wanted to go somewhere fast, you would want to go alone. But if you want to go far, you'll take other people along. Let's talk this in context of the millennials. How are they? How how. Uh, accepting are they to this fact because that's one of the the traits of a leader that the person will take you along. So when we spoke about the word autonomy, let's build on it. Does autonomy mean just let me do the job my way and I will would, would want to work independently for me to deliver? Or are they saying, give me the autonomy, I will lead the troops? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. 
You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Jennifer, when we look at uh, leadership trade, which primarily is inclusive, so you have to take people along, and even individual contributors and managers you, for the most part, may not be needing that skill, in in case of manager, perhaps. But coming to a leader, you definitely have to be inclusive. You have to understand other people better. You have to listen to them more and perhaps put their agenda before yours. That's what a leader is supposed to be. Do you think that grooming of an individual contributor and a manager for a millennial is really preparing them to suddenly transform themselves into what is required of a leader in this context? I think so. I think that there are, um, you know, certainly some professional development opportunities or uh, professional development imperatives, if you will, necessary to help evolve um, an individual contributor's perspective into a leader or even a manager into a leader because those are also very different and distinct um, uh, leadership traits required to be successful. Um, I think, you know, as it relates to millennials, uh, when you talk about, you know, the concept of, of, of team development and um, collaboration, both, you know, internally within their own department as well as across departments, I think, I think that's actually something that millennials are well suited for. Again, they've, um, you know, been um, educated uh, in many cases, particularly if they went to, you know, business school or any other type of, um, you know, professionally oriented training. They are accustomed to working in teams. Um, to achieve a desired outcome. Um, they are very likely early in their career um, working within teams in whatever professional environment or industry that they're involved with. So I, I think that this is just a, a key part of the fabric of, of many um, of our younger workforce members is this concept of being collaborative and being team-oriented. And that's, you know, truly a great great quality um, as we evolve our business. Um, I think that the, the real opportunity that exists for the, you know, for the millennials or any, you know, relatively new leader is going to be, you know, connecting the work they, they do, the work that they are, you know, responsible for with the overall strategy and mission of the organization. I think that's the piece of sort of evolving that, you know, somewhat focused point of view into the broader organizational context. That is probably the um, really most uh, important and, and in many cases challenging part of the evolution of a leader. And so that's really where we as enterprise leaders have to focus our mentorship and our development for these um, emerging leaders is to help them evolve their way of thinking and their views into that organizational context. Uh, I'm fortunate in that I work for an extraordinarily mission-driven organization. So, you know, we have all of our colleagues, leaders, and team members reinforce these values on a daily basis, the values of our institution. Um, in an organization where the mission may not be as embedded into the institutional fabric, um, then the millennial leader really does have a responsibility and imperative to integrate this into their own approach. Um, what, what example I can give you is, you know, we, I am the leader of information technology for a healthcare organization. Um, so within my department, my team members do not deliver patient care or conduct research. However, we do interact constantly with physicians, nurses, researchers, and other employees who do deliver these essential and transformational services. So we have to be mindful that the work we do and the systems we develop and support directly impact the effectiveness of our clinicians and our researchers, and then in turn, the work that we do then has a direct impact on our patients and their families. So this is something that, that I, as a leader, have to constantly reinforce, and as well as all of my colleagues and all the leaders within my department. So we're reminded both of the importance and the urgency of our responsibilities, as well as, as, well as the fact that this is not a corporate objective, but really life-changing work that we do. I, I do think that this will be 
um, very valued and important for our millennial employees and leaders because, you know, they often value a sense of purpose and fulfillment at the same or even greater level than things like financial compensation and benefits. Now, when we talk about mentorship, so we always say that we all need to have mentors for us to move along. What 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 value do you place for mentors and given millennials uh, as as uh, the the generation we're talking here? What should be the type of mentorship they should be getting timely in order for them to kind of develop those traits which are essential to become leader? Sure, um, I think you know. As I mentioned earlier, for for me personally, um, I I feel that you know mentorship has probably been the single most important um, and contributing factor to my own success. So you know I absolutely um, encourage and embrace mentorship as an essential part of professional development. Um, I think that you know certainly the opportunities for both you know, routine coaching as well as more of the formal or, or even informal mentor type of role, you know, it may vary based on the strengths of the individual that they are working with. Um, I will say, though, in general, um, that one of the things I often uh, see as uh, an opportunity for many leaders, regardless of the age, is the ability to engage in constructive feedback. Um, so, for example, um, you know, being able to identify when problems may exist, for example, and be able to address that in a very constructive and uh, and goal-oriented way with their their own team member. So I think that um, that is an essential opportunity, and that's something that millennials may not be comfortable with, because particularly if they are in a situation where they're having to deliver constructive feedback to someone of a different generation. So I think that that is a, an opportunity for you know engaging with a mentor, perhaps um, running different approaches by them, um, looking for both formal and informal resources to guide the delivery of constructive conversations. I think that is is, you know, certainly one important aspect that, you know, any leader, but particularly new and emerging leaders should be uh, seeking um, assistance and guidance with. Let's talk about the social intelligence and the emotional intelligence. So these are the two areas which are essential uh, competencies, if you will, or, or, or the DNA changes that are required for a leader to be effective. So let's talk one at a time. So when we talk emotional intelligence, which requires you to kind of be mindful of where you are and who you're talking to, what's the environment, what is the, in the heat of the moment, what are you supposed to do? Where do you see millennials uh, gauging themselves or you as someone who is perhaps working with them, gauge them overall? I, I think... Generally, they are um, millennials. Probably are, are as strong or stronger, you know, than uh, any other generation with respect to uh, you know emotional intelligence. Um, I think it, you know, as I mentioned previously, it comes back to the need for a millennial leader to understand the motivations of their employees, regardless of what generation or uh, background that they come from, and tailor strategies to achieve these often individualized goals per, uh, for, the, for, the, for their team members um, or, for that matter, other stakeholders because obviously there is a, a great need for influence and um, engagement um, both you know, with, with, with peers and colleagues as much as there is with um, staff. So, so when we look at the social intelligence part, so what you said about emotional intelligence does make sense where the, the people are, they're going to make uh, an investment because they want to grow. When it comes to social intelligence, which is what do you say to who, what way does it get perceived? How are you seeing that particular competency being developed? Do you think they require, uh, or, or anyone who in, in their position would require some support and or mentorship, or is that something a nature versus a nurture issue? I think that's a certainly a key part of mentorship and coaching is to help um, you know evolve, consider different strategies, alternative approaches, um, you know, provide perspective that is so valuable coming from a third party. Um, I you know 
I think it's sometimes difficult to recognize, um, you know, in our own interactions with others where, you know, we are, are, are skilled and where we may have opportunities for improvement. And so getting that, that perspective uh, from a mentor, from a coach, um, or someone else in a, in, a, in a position to deliver that type of objective feedback is incredibly valuable. Now let's talk about the type of um, people that may end up mentoring these millennials. So one is, of course, uh, the person himself or herself chooses who they mentor within or outside the company. But if you're going to have the organizational support, very likely you might get someone who may be a baby boomer or a Gen X or a different generation to come and share. And there is a perception, maybe that's not reality, or there could be is that many of them could have come from that command and control type of approach to how a person should be a leader. Do you think that's going to serve well, or is there a way by which even that mentorship can be tailored to uh, support millennials' natural DNA so that they're not taken or are in a groom in the wrong direction? I think that so early on in their role, uh, millennials will need to assess the preferences of their leader and tailor their own interactions accordingly. And again, I think that's true of any any leader, any, you know, um, staff member. Um, what I have found most effective in my own circum- in my own background is actually engaging very directly with my leaders regarding their expectations for communications, escalations, schedules, prioritization, and any other topics. Uh, they seem to appreciate the opportunity to clarify these points, and I think it facilitates both trust and confidence, which is essential elements for success in any environment. And ideally, over time, this trust and confidence will result in greater independence and autonomy that is so important to the millennial uh, workforce members. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and try to explore the type of organizational setting that has to be created where millennial is more likely to thrive. Because, of course, when you bring a millennial into the organization or when they started somewhere, that could have been the point where they were just growing and and, or developing their skills. It's not that they'll stop growing and developing their skills as a leader, but the environment does play a role. So if we want, like, that flower to blossom, what environment do we offer? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoke All. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So um, as, as a flower, we want it to blossom. We want to give the right soil, the right watering, the right sunshine. Let's talk about that as a context. So if you want this millennial comes in with high hopes, trying to change the world and comes into an organization, what would be the things that would stifle their potential and our creativity and what would help them blossom? Let's talk about both. Okay. So I think in terms of, of stifling, um, we've touched on some of the, um, you know, the, the, the concerns or um, challenges that, you know, a millennial it may be inclined uh, to have with their leader. So, for example, uh, micromanagement, lack of autonomy, um, limited uh, or undefined career ladder, those are all things that, you know, my experience um, have been uh, perceived in a negative way by um, certainly many members of the workforce, but notably um, millennials or younger members of our workforce. Um, in terms of what would be, um, you know, what would encourage um, or, you know, provide a, a, a 
great satisfaction for our millennials. Um, I think, you know, many, many things um, have been, you know, well-referenced, well-documented in terms of the principles and preferences of millennials. Um, and so I think these are all things that an organization should at least be considering to encourage the retention and engagement of uh, both millennial leaders and staff. Um, notably, work-life balance that often, um, you know, is referenced in many studies and many surveys. Um, millennials do often prefer flexibility in both working hours and working environment. Um, so organizations will need to consider strategies to enable that flexibility, such as flexible working arrangements, uh, telecommuting, job sharing, and casual dress codes. Um, many millennials also have young families or are planning to begin a family in the near future. So organizations will need to ensure, you know, their child care benefits um, are, you know, generous and, and you know, competitive in the industry. Um, on, a, on a personal level, I, I'm a major advocate for on-site sick care, um, having two young children myself. Um, I can say also that, you know, paid maternity and paternity leave are also very uh, important to uh, those individuals. Um, you know, also there are uh, some very progressive organizations that have extended benefits to include things like, you know, free on-site food and wellness options. Uh, I've read about companies that offer massage. I think that sounds really cool. Um, I think equally important to providing these benefits, though, and in terms of creating a culture that supports this level of flexibility and um, and, and uh, you know openness. Equally important to that, though, is going to be ensuring that there's a framework for accountability that's been defined and agreed to by both leaders and staff. So millennial leaders um, and their employees will need SMART goals. Um, I'm a, a major advocate of defining SMART goals, which are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. These need to be defined and tracked to ensure that, you know, despite the fact that we may have a little less structure in our work environment, we're still meeting and exceeding the objectives of the business. Um, also important when you talk about getting the organization to embrace these types of benefits, it'll be important to demonstrate that these goals are being achieved in a consistent way, particularly for those stakeholders who may be less comfortable with flexible working arrangements. So they need to understand that performance is not compromised and in, in, in many cases is enhanced through the adoption of these more progressive approaches. So if you were to uh, look at the type of uh, environment that we are creating where we have other uh, generations also, and when we look at other generations and ask them, what are you doing to support millennials and um, earn their respect, the same holds true for the millennials as well. So, so one of the ways for them to become more successful, even as an individual contributor, manager, or especially leaders, is that they have to earn respect of other generations who come from, like, see, as I uh, mentioned, Gen X and or baby boomers. What can they do or should they? Uh, so what can the millennial do? Um, in to earn respect of, of uh, respect from the baby boomers or Gen Xs. Certainly. Um, well, I think that many of the principles we've discussed already, you know, are, are certainly very relevant in addressing that question. Um, it, it will be incredibly important for uh, the millennial uh, leader to thoughtfully and carefully assess um, the preferences and motivations of um, all other leaders, uh, stakeholders, uh, employees, colleagues that they are interacting with at work, um, and be sensitive to the fact that their, um, you know, preferences may be very different from from the millennial leader. Um, so I think that the again the ability to adapt to that, the ability to you know tailor their approach, and you know demonstrate a respect for that perhaps difference in opinion, um, is going to be essential. I think, um, as with almost anything in business, it always comes back to, you know, are we achieving our goals? Are we, you know, demonstrating favorable outcomes? So I think that, you know, the more that it, the millennial enterprise leader can use data to demonstrate the effectiveness of their approach, 
the more compelling and credible they will be in the eyes of the entire organization. So that's something that, you know, the, the millennial enterprise leader should always be considering um, when trying to advance an initiative, um, a program, a project, you know, that, that is important to them. So we know that uh, organizations are already becoming, uh, you know, remote with distributed teams. And then you also have uh, a structure which is being suggested uh, to be better working or it's a preference for millennials. This is coming from a few surveys that were conducted that they like a flatter hierarchy. But then they are coming into an organization which may have traditionally not embraced it for whatever reasons they are. So do you think... It is. It is. The onus is on the millennials to come and change the structure to suit them, or is the organization ready to fundamentally rethink the organizational structure to pave the way for the upcoming millennial leaders? Uh, I think it will be. Um, I think it will probably be, in some respects, a little bit of both. I, I don't think. To answer your to answer your latter question, I don't think organizations will have a choice in terms of evolving their their structure and their models because millennials are now the largest generation and of course that demographic is only going to, to increase. So even though some organizations may take longer to embrace millennial leadership, um, eventually, you know, they will be compelled to embrace these these newer perspectives. Um, you know, I, I recently had read an interesting article by Time uh, from 2012 called Millennials versus Baby Boomers, Who Would You Rather Hire? Um, that talked about, how, you know, what these preferences are and how these models will change. In that article, the author notes that the general empowerment that this generation has felt throughout their lives, um, which really does differ from prior generations in many ways, has had a distinct impact on their professional expectations. So they do have an overall of a less, uh, lower appreciation, if you will, for and desire for strict hierarchy and chain of controls, uh, chain of command structures. Um, as employees, these individuals value merit over things like experience or, or titles, and they feel that everyone should be able to contribute input on organizational decisions and participate in their implementation. So I have no doubt that we will see these perspectives reflected in future organizational models that have a less rigid overall design and a more team-based or matrix leadership structure. Um, I think it's also going to be important for leaders to be very intentional about routinely interacting with and soliciting feedback from employees at all levels to ensure that millennials feel empowered and informed with respect to organizational decision and strategy. Um, those organizations who appoint millennial leaders early are more likely to position themselves for success with these evolving leadership and workforce engagement strategies. Now, if you were to look at the type of uh, leader that we want, and, and we are looking at millennial, are they having a vision of what they want to be as a leader or what, what type of leader would they want to be? And is that really syncing with what the organization wants? You know, I think that the, the, the vision of what kind of leader one wants to be is, is often a very personal and individualized decision. Um, I think, you know, millennials... Um, Do we see a pattern have, is what I'm asking. Is there a pattern? Um Potentially so. I mean, I think, you know, with, I, think, I do think millennials, um, you know, recognize the... Um, the the transformation and disruption that is possible um, with you know things like new technology, new organizational and business models, and I think that they are really willing to challenge you know established and traditional models in a very exciting way um, to promote innovation and um, and those are. Well, that's certainly not anything new. There have been transformational transformational leaders for generations. I think that the um, the DNA um, of millennials may be more um, 
uh, well adapted or, or well suited, if you will, for that type of transformation that needs to take place. So uh, a question is, uh, let's take a quick break. And what we, when we come back, I'd like to ask about uh, the millennials' tendency where they would like to have some exciting work, right? So, so every day they come, they have some way to uh, change the world or, or whatever other that they want to do. Now, there are organizations, in fact, many of them, who thrive based on the fact that they have built a stable um, stability in, in the enterprise and they have most things operationally tweaked to, to the nth degree and now they want to keep that stability. Do you think when we are going to reach a point where such organizations need a leader and millennial would not want to do anything which is very status quo, are we going to have a vacuum? And if, if, if that's not the case, then how do you make such organizations be ready to embrace the leaders where they want stability and not as much innovation and millennials want the other side. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, organizations come in different flavors, and, and while some of them will continually innovate and thrive on it, and uh, then there are others who have made a legacy based on how operationally stable they have been, but both need leaders. And yes, at some point, a millennial may have to take over from the previous generations. Do you think millennials are are considering those not as cool, sexy, innovative companies who are primarily having a long-standing uh, legacy to take on those are there there we are we have to do something to those organizations, make them more innovative to accommodate. Uh, the millennials? Well, I think that yeah, I, I struggle to conceptualize, you know, any business that wouldn't be seeking to innovate. You know, even long, well-established businesses with, you know, a, a legacy of, of success, you know, are, are always considering what, you know, strategies will uh, transform their operations and ensure future, you know, growth and success. I, I can't envision or think of a, an organization that would wouldn't be, you know, seeking that type of um, that type of transformation. So, with that being said, I think that you know a, a millennial leader um, generally is likely going to want to be in a role where they can help drive um, the the strategy and execution of that level of innovation, you know, as a leader of their organization. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a situation where the business needs to adapt to the leader, but I do think that the business will need to adapt to those circumstances in order to survive. So, you know, I, I, I like uh, one saying about an entrepreneur, while that is not what we are talking here, but a good entrepreneur takes an opportunity and maximizes the potential and, and changes it into a bunch of opportunities. But a great entrepreneur creates an opportunity and then maximizes the potential. So when we talk about good or great leaders, so you're saying that if, if, if uh, such organizations, which may be doing innovation, but maybe not to that level, do you think millennials would have, uh, that the great millennial leaders would actually go and fundamentally rethink that organizations once they're invited versus saying, build an organization that I can go and, and uh, grow to the next level and or innovate? I think I think there's it's, it's probably going to be um, 
driven in some ways by both. You know, I think you're, there are going to be individuals um, who are, you know, who are very entrepreneurial in spirit, as you've described, that would want to be able to, you know, shape that innovation from the ground up. Um, I also think that there are many um, uh, individuals who, you know, see great value in taking an established operation, you know, a very, a very strong foundation on which to shape future innovations. So again, back to sort of the original message, which is, you know, adaptability. I think it's going to be, you know, the the, the millennial leaders' um, ability to adapt to the model that they are a part of, but also, you know, they may actively seek a certain type of business where they feel that they can contribute um, the greatest value to. So if you are uh, looking at the loyalty factor, and this is a very interesting one where a lot of people have at least this perception that a millennial may not stay in a company for more than two to three years tops. And if you're thinking of a leader to come and make a lasting change, it does take minimum of that time. So what are we dealing with here? Someone who's going to come and we have to work towards somehow keeping this person for that much time and, and so that they can make a difference. So what is, what is going to create the stickiness in an organization to keep the millennial? So I think, um, you know, uh, uh, for many um, millennial employees and leaders today, uh, I think, you know, leadership development is going to be very important, a well-defined career ladder. Um, you know, many of the, the benefits that we had discussed previously with respect to, you know, working environment are all going to be important. Um, but I think ultimately it's that sense of fulfillment that we all desire, um, but is certainly very strong uh, with millennials. You know, it's the desire to be, you know, contributing in a, in a very positive and direct way to the um, organizational mission and goals. And I think the ability to connect their work to that mission is going to be essential for an enterprise leader. Um, I think also the ability of the millennial to participate in that development is also going to be similarly very important uh, for an enterprise leader. Would you think that the organizations internally have the resources to be able to uh you know, groom these millennial leaders, or do we look outside? And if we have to go outside, where? Um, so, in terms of leadership development, you know, depending on the organization, um, there may be very strong internal resources that exist. Uh, I think, you know, uh, it'll be important for the executive leadership to define what their human capital investment strategy is going to be, and tailor that to the need of of different, um, you know types, generations, backgrounds of their employees. Um, I, I think there's also, of course, some very um, powerful and um, worthwhile uh, external um, resources, so in the form of, you know, professional development training. Um, there are certainly are firms that do that very successfully, and many events, many opportunities exist. So there's really no lack of, of options out there. It's really what is the best um, fit for the organization based on their human capital investment strategy and as well as budget and time constraints that may exist within that organization. Um, I will say that, you know, even in an environment of, you know, significant cost constraints, uh, there are a number of um, inexpensive or free resources available to help um, advance leadership competencies amongst um, you know, employees and existing leaders. So I think there's really no, uh, ex there's no excuse, there's no uh, reason that every organization can't be, you know, seeking some tools and some resources for their workforce, and particularly for their millennial workforce, to help um, increase the overall level of, of leadership uh, preparedness and effectiveness. If you look at the leaders today, um, who actually are being more successful, they are demonstrating more than the technical expertise. Let's talk the CIO track, for example. It is more than the technical expertise, is more the industry knowledge and or understanding of how the business works. And in, case, in, in many cases, we are seeing that the CIOs actually are coming from the business side. You got just uh, less than a minute available. Would love to get your thoughts on how do we get uh, a millennial to to acquire enough industry knowledge and and become more of a business person versus just knowing 
technical for them to get to a CIO role? Um, well, I think that's a great point you make because I can say from my own perspective, I, I'm probably more closely aligned and familiar with the business in many ways than I am the technology side. So uh, on a personal level, that concept definitely resonates with me. Um, in terms of learning the business, I think that that's going to take um, – uh, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of engagement from the employee, and that is true regardless of the industry of their in, regardless of their current role. They need to actively seek opportunities to to learn, to be more immersed in the business, and certainly some roles are better equipped for that than others. You know, a business analyst or a systems analyst may have more opportunities to interact with the business than, you know, someone who is perhaps a little bit more deeply technical. Um, but with that being said, there are, you know, that, that is a an important conversation that a millennial employee or a millennial leader needs to have with their own leaders is how do they become more immersed and engaged with the business because that that role of your, your um your leader you know, within particularly within information technology is to is to manage customer relationships and to have business excellence knowledge and so if you know if there isn't that inherent knowledge or understanding of the business there it's going to be very challenging for them to be successful in their role on behalf of the show and our listeners i'd really like to thank you jennifer for sharing your thoughts on how we can create the right type of opportunities and create the environment where millennials blossom into fantastic leaders. Thank you so much again. Thank you very much. And listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.